0: If you have your Bibles this morning, open them to Matthew chapter 28. Matthew chapter 28. This week, Easter has come and has gone. We have celebrated the truth of a risen Savior, of a resurrected Savior. We have proclaimed the truth that, that Jesus died for our sins, that He lives again, that death is defeated, that the grave is overcome, and that we as sinners have hope. We've, we've passed through the truth of Easter. And the question today is, now what? Now what? Hopefully we've placed our faith in that truth, the truth of the gospel. Hopefully many have, have trusted the truth of the gospel. But now the question becomes, now what? What is it that we do now? Do we, do we get on with our lives? Do we get back to living? We're glad to be saved, but now we get back to the, the routine of our lives. We just go back to it. Or in these crazy days, do we go back to just trying to figure it out, trying to process everything and, and trying to just make it one step at a time somehow? Well, the question is, this Easter, what do we do now after the events of Easter? Now, folks, I'm going to be honest with you today. I believe we are dropping the ball right here. I I believe we are messing up right here. I believe we are getting hit off track Right here. You see, Easter is not the end, but rather Easter is the start. Easter is not the the finish line. We're not running towards the finish line of Easter, but rather Easter is the starting place. And for believers, the greatest part starts at the empty tomb. Today, we're going to look in detail at the Great Commission of Jesus Christ, an event following Easter. Uh, it's the last event recorded in the Gospel of Matthew. And our sermon today is entitled, Marching Orders from the Risen Master. Marching Orders from the Risen Master. Matthew chapter 28. Today we're going to get verses 16 through 20. Matthew chapter 28. Today verses 16 through 20. Let's go to God's Word. But the eleven disciples proceeded to Galilee, to the mountain which Jesus had designated. When they saw him, they worshipped him, but some were doubtful. And Jesus came up and spoke to them, saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go therefore and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you, and lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the aid. Go with me to the Lord in prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, we come today, we are thankful for a risen Savior. We're thankful for the hope that we have in a risen Savior, the hope of Easter. We're thankful for the promise of Easter, that if we... Put our faith in you that we are saved, that the payment for sin has been paid, that the receipt has been issued in the resurrection, and that by faith in the good news of the gospel that we are saved. Lord, I'm thankful for that. I pray now that as we have moved past the the week that we recognize Easter, I pray that you would lead us as believers, you would lead us as the church, that you would lead us as your people. And I pray that today as we, as we study your word, that you would lead us, that you would direct us, that you would guide us, that you would convict us. And I pray that in the hearing of this message today, that your church would be enabled, that your church would be equipped, and that your church would walk in your purpose, in your will. Lord, speak to us today, lead us today, guide us today, and all of it is for your namesake. All of it is for your glory. And I pray in Jesus' name, Amen. Today we find ourselves in a weird place in Scripture. Really this this short section of verses that we begin with, that we look at today, uh, really is a strange place, is a weird place in in Scripture. Our short section is the end of the beginning. The end of the beginning. Now, I want you to think about that. God's plan for the redemption of mankind, it starts all the way back at the creation account, and it finishes with the work of Jesus on the cross, with the resurrection of Jesus from the dead. It starts in Genesis chapter 1, verse 1, there with the creation account, and it moves through the gospel records. That is the beginning. Well, this section of verses, it is the end of the beginning. The starting place is Easter, and so it is the end of the beginning. But at the same time, it is also the beginning of the end. Now, that sounds strange, but it's also at the same time the beginning of the end. Starting with these verses... Uh, We have the starting of the church age. We have the call for all people to be saved by faith in the gospel of Jesus Christ. We have the commission to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. And looming is the coming judgment of God. Jesus coming again. There's going to be a new heaven and a new earth and a new Jerusalem. And so understand, this section of verses... It is also the beginning of the end. And so what a weird thing. It is the end of the beginning, and it's also the beginning of the end. This little slice of verses that we're looking at today. Well, it is in that section of verses that we find our answer today to the question, so what's next? In light of the glorious truth of Easter, so what is next? Now... Today, we're going to break down in detail the Great Commission of Jesus Christ. Very familiar verses for many of us. Uh, We could go for several weeks on this study, but we're going to break down in detail the Great Commission of Jesus Christ. We're going to see what it requires. We're going to see what it involves. And then last, we're going to see what it promises. And so those three things, as we look at the Great Commission of Jesus Christ, we're going to see what it requires We're going to see what it involves, and we're going to see what it promises to us as believers. And so get ready. Here we we start the today. What does it require? The Great Commission of Jesus Christ, what does it require? If we're to take serious the Great Commission, if we're to actually carry out the Great Commission, what does it require? Well, the first thing it requires is full obedience. It requires full obedience. If we are to carry out the great commission of Jesus Christ, it requires full obedience. Let's start looking at verse 16. It says this, But the eleven disciples proceeded to Galilee to the mountain which Jesus had designated. But the 11 disciples proceeded to Galilee, to the mountain which Jesus had designated. Now that that seems simple enough. Uh, Understand after, very quick after the resurrection, in verse 10, Jesus tells them these directions. Verse 10 says this, Then Jesus said to them, Do not be afraid. Go and take word to my brethren, that's an awesome word, my brothers, to leave for Galilee and there they will see me. He tells them after the resurrection, he will meet them in Galilee. Well, understand it's now been three or perhaps even four weeks after the resurrection. And the Bible says the 11, they have proceeded, they have made their way to Galilee. They have made the way to the Bible says, to the place, to the mountain. Notice it says that he designated so see this he said go to this place to this mountain and, and arrive there at this time and the the record is they go and they do and they arrive and it is exactly as Jesus has said now see this as we begin today this is not in obedience to the Great Commission we're going to talk about that in a second but rather this is in obedience to the words of Jesus. Notice he said do this. And that's exactly what they did. Friend, understand, the first requirement to fulfill the great commission of Jesus Christ is that believers would say, I am ready to obey. Lord Lord Jesus, I'm ready to obey, not just in one area, not just in this area, but rather in all areas. Jesus, I am ready to obey in the directing of my home, in in the attitudes that I possess, in the way that I handle my finances, how I live every area of my life. Lord, I am ready to obey. Jesus, I have trusted you. You have saved me. You truly are the risen Lord, and I am ready to obey. How effective are we in the Great Commission? Well, you might ask the question, well, how obedient are we? How, how ready are we to take up the Great Commission? We, we talk about that all the time. Well, the, the, the bigger question is, do we walk in obedience? Listen, it requires full Obedience to fulfill the great commission of Jesus Christ requires a believer to say, I am ready to obey and I'm willing to obey. It requires full obedience. And if there's not full obedience, there's going to be a problem. So the second requirement. Now, the first requirement was full obedience. Now, the second requirement is full worship. Full worship. Listen to verse 17. When they saw him, they worshipped him, but some were doubtful. But the eleven disciples proceeded to Galilee, to the mountain which Jesus had designated. When they saw him, they worshipped him, but some were doubtful. Now, the crowd... And, and I I believe this was the crowd that, that Paul talks about in First Corinthians chapter 15. It says that more than 500 witnessed him resurrected at one time. I believe this is that crowd. And so the crowd, I believe, is there on the mountain, but also the 11. Now, it says that some of them doubted. Well, the 11, they had seen Jesus at least twice, a, a couple of times, and so it would seem... Uh, strange that they would doubt the resurrected Christ, but I believe they are there, but now this other, these other folks are there as well. The word has spread, uh, as you can imagine, of the meeting with Christ, and so I believe it is at this time that there is this large crowd, and it says that some were doubtful, some doubted. That, that word translates, were perplexed. They were perplexed, and I, I think about that. That's not out of character. Now they, they couldn't understand. This was a strange thing. They are, they are perplexed. It was a crazy thing. And then, and then it says, and when they saw him, they worshiped. Now, I want us to get the bigness of this. And, and we read across this verse and we move through the verse and it seems, well, that's very straightforward and they, they see Jesus and they worshiped him. But I want us to get the hugeness of what they are seeing. Remember, Jesus from Galilee remember he had preached in Galilee that he is the Christ that he is the Messiah that he is the promised one of God and he preached that to those folks in the region of Galilee he told them he was the fulfillment of scripture and so Jesus from Galilee Jesus the one that had preached to Galilee he left and he went to Jerusalem And they had heard that over that Passover celebration, they had heard that Jesus from Galilee, that he had been killed. They heard the the tales of the trial, and they heard how he was snatched up, and they heard about the cross, and they heard about his crucifixion. And can you imagine it? as that word drifts back into the region of Galilee? They heard of the events of that day as the, the veil of the temple is torn, They heard that he was dead and they they took him off the cross and they placed him in a grave. Jesus of Galilee, he's not coming back to Galilee. He's placed in a grave there in Jerusalem. He's dead. They had heard a strange account that the grave was empty. In the verses preceding this, they had heard the soldiers were had, had said that the disciples stole his body away. And so they thought, well, it must be some kind of hoax. It must be some sort of thing that the, 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 the disciples stole his body away. And if they stole his body away, it meant that he was dead.
1: But now back in Galilee, Jesus walks up.
0: Jesus stands. And I, I don't know that we can get the hugeness of this, But they recognize, hey, this is Jesus from Galilee. We we saw him do these many things. We've heard him teach on many occasions. We know about Jesus of Galilee. We heard that he was crucified there in Jerusalem and now He stands there, and He stands there, and it means that He is alive. And because He is alive, it means that He is the Christ, that He is the Messiah, that He is the Savior, the one that they had looked for, the one that they had longed for, the one that they had hoped for. They are seeing the greatest miracle ever, Jesus from Galilee. He died in Jerusalem, and now He stands there, and it's not a rumor. It's not in their hearing. They see the the risen Christ. This is Him. This is Him. It is
1: true. It is true. And the Bible says, and they worship Him. Friends, is that how we worship Jesus?
0: Are we that blown away by Jesus? Are we knocked to the ground by the truth of Jesus? He is the Christ. He is the Savior. He is the Messiah. He is the one that we looked for. He's the one that we longed for.
1: He's the one that we hoped for. Is it full worship? Is it total worship? Or do we try and worship other things? Do we try and worship the world's
0: system and the world's successes? Do we try and worship our, ourselves that we want to include ourselves in the, in, the, in the worship that we do? Are we totally worshiping Him or is He one of many things that we worship? Because the commission is going to require full worship, it's going to require total worship. I want us to be aware today a half. Worshipping people will not carry out the Great Commission of Jesus Christ. A half worshiping people, they won't ever have the desire to see this fulfilled. A half worshiping people, they won't
1: ever have the heart to walk this out. How many times have we heard the Great Commission? Maybe as a kid. Maybe in Sunday school, maybe in,
0: ser- in sermons. How many times have we heard the Great Commission? How many times? Listen, have you heard these verses and yet it changes nothing? Somebody else will do it. Somebody else will do it. That's not my thing. Some other time I'll do it. Maybe when I get, when I get prepared at some later date, how many times have we heard these verses and yet it changes nothing? Listen, it takes Full worship.
1: The third requirement takes full obedience. Second, it takes
0: full worship. And the third thing is it takes full submission. Now listen very carefully. This is different. It takes full obedience. We're ready to obey. It takes full worship. Lord, you're the object Of my affection. You're the object of my worship. And it takes full submission. Listen to verses 18 through the first half of verse 20. And Jesus came up and spoke to them, saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go therefore and make disciples of all the nations baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I commanded you. In these verses, Jesus says that all authority has been given me in heaven and on earth. In heaven and on earth. All translates, all. It means all authority He holds all authority. All authority has been given to him in heaven and on earth. Authority translates power, official right, or authority to rule. The Father has given that to him. He possesses all of it, the Bible says the power, official right, or authority to rule. He is the ruler, he holds all authority. And then it says in verse 19, go therefore. Notice the word therefore. All authority is given to him. He is the ruler. Go therefore. Now the therefore is because of the statement of verse 18. Now add all this together. He is the ruler. He has all authority in heaven and on earth. He holds all authority. And so go therefore. The the going is the response. Go, therefore. All right, I want you to get this this morning. See this. I have heard it said, he has all authority and he gives us his authority and so we go with the authority of Christ. And I've heard the Great Commission explained and I've heard this verse explained, and that's what they say. You know what? He has all authority. And now in the Great Commission, He gives us His authority. And so when we go to do the Great Commission, we go in His authority.
1: It's not what it said. I want you to see this. It's not what it said. All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go. Therefore,
0: and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I've commanded you. All authority has been given to me in heaven on earth. Go, therefore, listen to me. We go in His authority. Yes, the Bible is going to tell us that. We go as His ambassadors. As though he were making a plea through us. Yes, the Bible says that. But this says we go therefore. We go because of his authority. I want you to see what this means. This means we go because he has commanded us to go. We go in submission to his authority. He tells them, I possess all authority. I reign and I have sovereign power. All power I have. Therefore, you Go. We go in submission to His authority. That is, that is big. He is the ruler and He tells us in, in these verses, He commands us. This is what we do as followers of Jesus Christ. This is our requirement as believers. And if we are to walk in obedience, if we are to walk in His will, if we are to obey His voice, this is what we do we need to understand that the great commission requires our submission to this command this is a command of God it's not a suggestion it's not something for the upper level to try and attempt this is the command of God and it will be carried out when we submit to this command of God if if you are if we are not carrying this out I want to say very clearly today, we are rebelling against God. We are rejecting the word, the truth of God. And I want you to understand
1: today, we are sinning against God. Well, that's not my thing. That's not my thing. I've got other things I do. I serve in other ways. That's not my thing. That's
0: that's not how he made me. Do you know? That's not how he made me. I'm not that person. Somebody else will do it. The the preacher will do it. Somebody else will do it. That's not my thing. Listen, the command to a person who has trusted Jesus Christ, the command to believers is to carry out this commission and to
1: not do so is a sin. I never heard that as a kid. Heard the Great Commission, I I held it as a lofty goal that maybe someday
0: I'd I'd try. We praised all the missionaries. They, They took it up, they did it. No one ever told me this is a command and we do it in total submission
1: to Jesus Christ and to not do it, it is a sin. Well, that makes me feel like I have to do it. I can already hear it. Well, that makes me feel like I have to do
0: it. I'm not sure I like that. I'm not sure I agree with that. I've been in this church my whole life, and I'm not not sure I agree with that. Somebody else can do it. Maybe you're reading it the wrong way. Maybe it's a, a different interpretation. I'm not sure I like that understanding. Listen, these are the words of Jesus. He holds all authority, all authority I possess. And he has the crowd gathered on the mountain. He says, and therefore go. We do it in full submission to Jesus. That's what it requires. Full submission to Jesus. Listen, it's uncomfortable. Listen, it's not normal. Listen, it's strange. Listen, you're going to have to step out of your comfort zone, but you
1: do it in submission to Jesus. Walking in obedience. So that's what it required. And I could, I could stop right here and I could go on. And that's what it requires. And we say, well,
0: baptisms are down across the land. Baptisms are down across our denomination. Salvations are down. Church participation is down. This is what it requires to carry out the great commission of Jesus Christ. There are requirements. This is what it requires. Next thing we're going to see in our verses, what it involves. What it involves. All right, verses 19 and 20. Go therefore and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name, singular, the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. There's There's the Trinity right there. One name, three persons. The name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I commanded you. Four things the Great Commission involved. So we have the requirements to carry it out, the necessary requirements, but there's four things that the Great Commission involves. And I'm gonna walk through the four things. The four things they are this. The first is this: it is going. Going. The verb tense is active and it is continual. It is As you go, going, as you go. And so understand, it is a continual process. It's not, well, when I was young and excited, I went. Well, when I had the opportunity that year, I went. It is a continual thing in the life of a believer. It is really the walk of a believer. It is the the life of a believer. It is the mission of a believer. And so it's not a thing we do At times, it's not a thing we do and stop. It is an ongoing thing in the life of a believer. We are continually carrying out the great commission of Jesus Christ. The Bible says going. This is what we do. The next thing that it includes, making. Going and making. The Bible says making disciples. Now, I want you to understand this. This is, a, this is a process that includes making converts, actually leading people to Jesus Christ. Today, some folks act like that's a dirty thing to change somebody's mind or to lead them to a truth that they don't have. It's actually preaching the gospel, desiring, compelling, trying to lead them to the knowledge of the faith of the, of the, of the gospel of Jesus Christ, that so they would put their faith in Jesus. But it's also making disciples. It is putting your faith in Jesus, trusting Jesus. But, but more than that, it is the actual word disciple, putting yourself under Jesus. He, we are His disciple. They put their faith in Jesus, but they also follow Jesus. They emulate Jesus. They, they study Jesus. They walk with Jesus. And so we're to, we're to be making Disciples of Jesus Christ, people that put their faith in Jesus, but then they also walk with Jesus. Now, I want to show you one thing right here. To make disciples is going to require that we're disciples. And and we can't make that jump without without saying that. To, To make disciples is going to require that we are disciples. And so so the question is, and as we, as we listen to this today, are you growing as a disciple of Jesus Christ? Are you emulating, copying the life of Jesus Christ? Or are you studying and, and walking and obeying the teachings of Jesus Christ? Are you in that making other disciples of Jesus Christ? Are you a disciple that we might make other disciples? The mission of Calvary Baptist Church, we've said it for some years now, it is to make disciples that would make other disciples. That's why we exist. That is the commission of Jesus Christ, that we would make disciples that would make other disciples. It requires first that we would be disciples. So it involves going, it involves making, and then it requires, it involves baptizing. That's what the verse says, baptizing them, in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, baptizing them. It literally translates, immersing them. Now, there's a a lot of discussion on what this may mean. I'll tell you what it means. It is the physical act of baptism. It is the actual act, the literal act of baptism. We know that baptism marks people, identifies people as a follower, Of Jesus Christ now we are sure from Scripture it does not save us it has no part of our salvation we're not saved in baptism sins aren't washed away in baptism we're not made new regenerate in baptism but at the same time it marks us it identifies us as a follower of Jesus Christ and we see here it is a command of Jesus Christ Part of the commission is we're making disciples and we are baptizing people, marking them through the immersion of baptism as followers of Jesus Christ. Listen, that is a big deal. A New Testament Great Commission Church should be baptizing people, identifying through the act of of baptism, the testimony of baptism as followers of Jesus Christ. That is part of our commission. We are going We are making disciples and we are baptizing them.
1: The last part, the fourth part that it involves is teaching them, is teaching them.
0: Verse 20, teaching them to observe all that I commanded you. Teaching them to observe all that I commanded you. That's part of the discipleship process. And I I want you to see what it it says there, teaching them all that I have commanded you. This isn't teaching how to have good morals. This isn't teaching some things that are necessary, a a thing to have a, a proper education. This is the teaching of the Word of God, all that I commanded you. This is the teaching of the Word of God. That is our mission as great commission followers of Christ. We are to teach The Word of God. Listen to me today. The home is the primary place for the teaching of the Word of God. As the church, the primary primary mission of the church is the preaching and the teaching of the Word of God. Yes, we're witnessing, but that's part of the process. The home, we're teaching the Word of God. That's the most important thing that you do in the home. In the church, we're teaching the Word of God. That's the most important thing that we do in the church. Let me tell you, we've gotten so messed up on this. What's the difference in the world's homes and our homes as followers in Jesus Christ? It is to be the Word of God. It's to be a mom and a dad led by the word of God. It's to be kids trained in the truth of the word of God, finding Christ and the teaching of the word of God, having a foundation that will endure as they venture out of that home in the word of God. The home that makes it different from the world's home is the the centerpiece of the word of God. What is the difference in the world's organizations and the church? And I am going to tell you sadly today, we can't tell much difference. And we're doing the same thing that they're doing and they're doing and they're doing. Listen, the difference in the world's organizations and the church is
1: the primary place and the centrality of the preaching and the teaching of the word of God. Let me ask you this morning. Are you growing in the word of God? See,
0: we can't teach it, we can't preach it if we're we're not growing in it. Is your knowledge of the Word of God more than it was last year and the year before and five years before that? Are you growing in your understanding of the truths of Scripture and and Genesis and Exodus and Leviticus and Numbers? Are you growing in the the understanding of the truth of Scripture? How are you doing in the Word of God? Are you teaching your kids that? Are you teaching your grandkids that? Last few weeks with all this crazy stuff, people are saying, well, what do we do with our kids at home? What you do with your kids at home? You teach them the word of God. Are you growing in the word of God? Are you teaching your kids and your grandkids the word of God? Is the church the center place where we come and we say, thus saith the Lord, this is
1: what God has said. Folks, that is our work.
0: As believers,
1: that is our mission.
0: That is our purpose. Going here, there, and everywhere. The book of Acts says, going as we go, making, teaching the lost, reaching the lost, baptizing, praise the Lord, as a testimony to the victory we have in Jesus, teaching them deeply the Word of God. That is the mission
1: of a follower of Jesus Christ. That is what is involved in the commission. The last piece of it, we're going to see what it
0: promised. And I love this part. He doesn't leave us without this part. We see what it involves. We see what it requires. But we also see what it promises. And it promises two parts. The end of verse 20 says this. Jesus is speaking and he says this. Standing there on the mountain in Galilee. Risen from the dead in front of this crowd. And lo, I am. Am with you always, even to the end of the age. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. The last words of the Gospel of Matthew. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Listen to those words of Jesus. Lo, it means behold. It really is screaming, take note, be sure Be sure of this. I am with you always, even to the end of the age. The promise of Jesus issued as he declares the great commission and take note, be sure and understand, have no doubt. I am with you even to
1: the end of the age. Two parts of this promise. The first is this, and I want you to hear this. Jesus says, I'm giving you this command.
0: I'm giving you this command. I have all authority in heaven and on earth. I have all authority. I'm giving you this command. But then he says this, and I will be with you in it. His spiritual presence, he says, it will be with you in it. That is the promise. Of our Savior Jesus. I I hear folks today and they say, Oh, I want to walk with Jesus. Oh, if I could be close to Jesus. Oh, if I could just know his presence. And there's there's books written on that and formulas given on that. If I could just be close to Jesus, I want to stay close to Jesus. Listen, his presence is promised to you always in this commission. As you take up this commission, he says, Always I will be. With you. And you come along and it's 2,000 years later and you say, oh, I'd have liked to have seen him that day. I'd have liked to have been on that mountain that day. And you know what? I'm not good enough to take up this commission. Maybe those folks were, but I don't know my past. I'm not good enough. You say, I'm not bold enough to take up this commission. I don't have that, that kind of strength. I don't have those kind of words. I'm not bold enough. I'm not smart enough. No one will ever listen to me. This makes me nervous. And Jesus says, you can count on the promise, I am with you always.
1: Do you see that? I am with you always. Do you believe that? The last part of the promise is this. This age Will end. Do you understand that? This age will
0: end. The Bible says, Jesus says, even to the end of the age. That's good news for us as believers. Listen, that's good news for us as believers. This age will come to an end. There will be a day, and I can count on it. I can trust in it. Just as he came the first time, he will come the next time. And there is coming an age where there will be no more sickness. There'll be no more sorrow. There'll be no more death, no more suffering. There'll be no more sin, no sin, no consequence of sin, no stain of sin. Sin will be forever gone. And the Bible says we will be with Jesus, actually physically with Jesus. Oh, I'm looking forward to that day. This day will end. This age will
1: end. It's good news for believers. But be very sure, for many, in fact, the Bible says for most, that'll not be a good day. fact
0: it'll be the most terrible day ever that'll be the most terrible day anybody can ever imagine those on that day that are in their sins they will stay for eternity in their sins those that perish outside of Christ they will perish and they will be in the process of perishing the Bible says for all eternity and those that are lost on that day forever will be lost and there won't be any other chances there won't be an extension of God's grace on that day it becomes final And the Bible says, and there will be weeping and there will be wailing and there will be gnashing of teeth and they will be filled with regret. Oh, can you imagine the regret? Only if, only if and an eternity of regret sets in and the wrath of God, the wrath, the anger of God held for all these years is going to be poured on them and their portion will be in hell and there will be no hope. No hope that it gets better. No hope that God's grace will come and be extended to them. No hope that there's going to be days ahead that it eases up. There will be no hope. Their hope is extinguished. Their hope goes out and it's an eternity that goes on and on and on. There is no hope. Folks, be clear. It is in these days, these days, that we have the good news that can save them from Those days. Do you understand that's this age? That's the day we're walking in. God's grace is offered to them by faith in Jesus. They're restored, renewed. They're saved from the wrath of God. It is in these days that the message
1: of the gospel is the power of God unto salvation. And so that is what we do after Easter. My lands, what else would we do? My lands, what could be more important than that? In
0: these days, we hold the word of life, the power of God unto salvation.
1: What else would we do, my lands? Let us be faithful. And Jesus came up and spoke to them, saying, All authority has been given to me
0: in heaven and on earth. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I commanded you. And, lo, I am with you always even to the end of
1: the end. Let us be faithful. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we come and I'm thankful for the truth of your word.
0: And I'm thankful that it's in your grace and your kindness that I am saved, that we are saved, that we have the possibility of being saved. Lord, I'm thankful that your mercy and your grace are great, driven by your love that's not even able to be
1: calculated by us. Lord, I also know there's coming a day when it'll be too late. And those
0: that have rejected you, those that have walked in rebellion will forever face the consequence, the punishment for that rebellion. Lord, I know that we as the church, that we as believers, we hold the good news. We hold the words of life. Lord, I pray that we would preach them in these days. I pray that we would would tell others of them. I pray that we would proclaim them. I pray we'd be obedient. We'd be submitting to your plan, your will. And Lord, I pray in the power of the Holy Spirit of God in the name of Jesus and the gospel that saves, that folks would be saved, that they would be held back. Lord, that they would be saved. Use us for that. Encourage us for that. Shape us for that. Help us to be obedient to that. Lord, let
1: us be faithful. Lord, I'm thankful you gave us a chance, Lord, I'm thankful that you're
0: patient and kind, desiring that not one should perish. I pray, Lord, that your church, your people, that were faithful in those days. Lord, we love you,
1: praise you, and we thank you. And I pray in Jesus' name. Amen.